This is The Adam Ritz Show, a public affairs talk show touching on community, health, foundations, and more. The Adam Ritz Show is underwritten by Vibonomics, an audio out-of-home advertising marketplace and audio experience company. Info at Vibonomics.com. And now, from the Vibonomics studios, please welcome your public affairs radio host, Adam Ritz. Hey there, welcome to the broadcast. My name is Adam Ritz. This is the Adam Ritz Show. We take a look at public affairs, try to have a smile doing it. And as always, our guest, uh, well, really co-host on the telephone, Jay Baker. What's happening, Jay Baker? You know, not much, but we're getting closer to spring. So any day closer to spring is a good day. We uh, will probably do... Uh, next week, uh, well, maybe even touch. I don't know what you're going to say this week. Maybe you'll touch on this. We're uh, about the uh, daylight savings time. Uh, that that makes the days longer and uh, means the warmer weather is right around the corner. So, uh, we are very excited for spring. Uh, this weekend, we're talking uh, about St. Patrick's Day, and uh, I had a couple. I guess bullet points I wanted to cover real quick about St. Patrick's Day. Um, one is about the festivities. Um, green beer, maybe uh, there's some Irish whiskey in your future for March 17th. And this is just your uh, reminder to take things slow, plan ahead, uh, make sure you have a sober driver, maybe uh, download. Finally, this is a good reason to finally download that app for uh, uh, Uber or Lyft, uh, because you do not want to be driving uh, if you've had a couple green cocktails this uh, March 17th. Uh, also, uh, looking on the other side of the spectrum for, for St. Patrick's Day, maybe not something uh, debaucherous that could be bad for your health, but how about something great for your health, like a fun run? Um, every city I've ever been to has some sort of St. Patrick's Day 5K, uh, maybe a five-mile trail run. Uh, I know with spring, uh, especially in the northern states, it's a great holiday or time of year to to do a trail run. Um, and most of these fun runs, like we've talked in the past, uh, have some sort of charitable and or foundation uh, connection with it. Um, in fact, a lot of these registration websites where you go is a .org. So right as soon as you pay your money to run the 5K or the trail run or whatever it is, a portion of your registration fee goes to help uh, a .org or another uh, charity or, or foundation. So just a couple uh, St. Patty's Day reminders for you as we kick off this edition of the uh, Adam Rich Show. And I wish, Jay, I could do an Irish accent. I can't do it. Can you? <laughs> I can do it for about six seconds. And six. then after that, it just trails <laughs> off badly. Uh, we've always laughed about, you know, that Oh, it's me, the leprechaun, and there's a mattress sale at Jonesy's Mattress. And then <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the guy just trails off, and by the end of the commercial, it's like, come in and buy a mattress. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, it's no longer Irish accent. Yeah. By, by the end, maybe he's just, his voice is high. So you're like, oh, it's the luck of the Irish. And by the end of it, you're just, you're just talking like this. Buy a mattress at Otovi's Mattress Store. But, uh, of course, you know, we uh, in our generation were heavily influenced by Lucky the Leprechaun from Lucky Charms Cereal, uh, which, you know, the sugary cereals have fallen into disfavor. But you can't uh, fault Lucky Charms. It was magically delicious. They're always after me, Lucky Charms. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Well, that's but, all uh, I uh, have to begin this that's, edition that's it for uh, me of too. Public I'm Affairs go Radio. Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> we've got 25 minutes left. Uh, <laughs> we gave all of our best stuff in the first five, so I think we're ruining ourselves. But yes, you raise a great point about St. Patrick's Day, and it is a holiday that you have to uh, be hyper aware because not only uh, of keeping yourself sober and not driving uh, while intoxicated. But I think you have to be very aware of others on that day. That tends to be a day where, you know, some of the motorists you encounter will be impaired. Certain holidays go hand in hand with uh, alcohol, uh, not only responsibility, but irresponsibility. So you think of New Year's Eve. uh, We've talked about Blackout Wednesday, which is the night before Thanksgiving. Um, you've got these holidays, and St. Patrick's Day is certainly one of them. I mean, if, if a lot of people, you say, name the top five things you think of when you hear St. Patrick's Day. You think of Irish pub. Uh, you think of uh, Irish pub crawl. You think of green beer, and you think of Irish whiskey. Um, yes. You know, obviously, L- Lucky Charms, maybe, cereal. You think of a leprechaun, <laughs> sure. a pot of gold, the rainbow at the end of the pot of gold, uh, a four-leaf clover, the color green. But certainly, if you had to make a list of everything that you think of with the St. Patrick's Day holiday, alcohol would be involved with that holiday. So it's just another reason to think, okay, how can I keep myself and others safe when I go out and um, drink responsibly. Yeah, you definitely want to be safe. And I think this year, uh, sort of that comes with a little additional warning in that as the pandemic is beginning to ease and several communities are, you know, downplaying mandates. uh, So this is probably the first St. Patrick's Day in two years where people can go out unfettered. So it's going to be a a pretty, a potentially wilder group. You're right. It could be. Thanksgiving day. Fewer mandates. Or not Thanksgiving, but yeah, fewer mandates. And I just think, you know, as they've said all along with all this is uh, we all urge caution because we don't want to lose any of our Adam Ritz show family members out there at all. So. Yeah, with the fewer mandates and uh, less mask requirements, I mean, this is a good excuse to just go crazy. You're like, finally. <laughs> go nuts. I'm going yeah, to this absolutely. bar, and I'm just I'm going to drink green beer all day. Sure. Uh, if you want to go nuts, have fun, go nuts, but just do it responsibly. Yeah, okay. that's uh, probably your best guideline. As you said, it is uh, daylight savings time will kick into gear. It's a great time of year for Adam because he loves it when the sun is shining. And by uh, ticking the clock forward an hour, he gets uh, an extra hour or so of sunshine in the late afternoon evening. You know what? I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we'd probably talk about that next week. It is this weekend, isn't it? It's March, it is this is weekend, it the yeah. 13th. It's March 13th. It comes up quicker than you think. And they did adjust it. They adjusted the period of daylight savings to be slightly longer. So initially, people were looking at this March date and going, ah, that's too soon. But it seems like it does coincide nicely with uh, the emergence of spring. I love it. I mean, just add another uh, hour of daylight to the end of your day. So if you're in a part of the country that has a 6.30 p.m. sunset right now, uh, well, just add an hour to it. Your sunset's now going to be 7.30 p.m. 
And I'm yeah, talking it's, it's in a, a couple nice months edition. this summer when that sun sets at nine and ten o'clock. Oh, I love those days. But at any rate, a uh, couple of things to bear in mind for daylight savings time. First of all, the daylight savings time uh, for springtime is a little tougher to adjust to. For whatever reason, the human body is not uh, as uh, amenable to being pushed forward an hour. Uh, so be aware that it may you may need a day or two to sort of catch up on your rest. Uh, so you want to be extra careful when driving and et cetera. So it's also a, not to interrupt you, but what, what you're saying to our listeners is it's OK to take a couple days off from work. Tell your boss that you heard it from <laughs> Jay Baker on the Adam Ridge show that you you know what? Uh, daylight savings is harder on me than in the fall. So I'm going to need a couple days of myself, Mr. Man. Well, I'm going to need to take some time off, boss. And then what you need to do is have basketball games on real loud in the background. (laughs) Because it's that time of year where American productivity sinks to an all-time low. It's funny you said that because I was just – before we started the show, I was just watching the end of a game. Yes, and I know which game you were watching. You know what game I was watching? It's the craziness of March. I love it. (laughs) It ended up in a very disappointing fashion for you. But, you know, those are the breaks. And I know you're not a sports gambler, so I know you're no worse for the wear other than just getting chapped at seeing some team come back from 17 points down, and I'll leave it at that. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Got a little chapped. The best part of that is that I did not lose any money on the game because I don't gamble on the game. No, you're not a sports gambler. In fact, it's funny. I've got a handful of my degenerate friends. Now, I am lucky that I follow the guideline. Never gamble what you can't afford to lose. I mean, view it as entertainment only and, you know, and, and obviously genuinely if you have a problem with gambling. There's several resources you can resort to. But, yeah, typically after a game, I'll touch base with a few of my buds and You'll hear some whining on occasion. (laughs) It's kind of funny, you know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Grown men. Uh, But yes, uh, daylight savings time typically not only is a time for you to set your clocks forward an hour, and the good news is most of your clocks reset on their own. Uh, Usually your microwave clock doesn't because your microwave never knows what time it is unless you tell it. Well, Uh, I will tell you right now, um, in my car and Melissa's car, our clocks have been off for an hour for about the last five months and three weeks. Well, there <laughs> and, you go. <laughs> and come March 13th, our clocks are finally going to be correct. <laughs> That'll be good. Uh, you know, we're well, like, let's change the, we need to make the clock right. And I'm like, ah, you know what, daylight savings time, it'll be here before we know it. We don't have to change these clocks. So, yeah, the microwave, the clock in your car, uh, but most, yeah, the the iPhone, your computer, even smart TVs now, that time will change for you. Um, but maybe if you've already changed, if you did change your, your car clock five plus months ago, then, yeah. uh, then change it again. Don't wait six months for it to be correct. Well, it used to be the car clock had some elaborate, uh, scheme to, uh, change the time and it result, you know, you'd, you'd have to get all these implements and a paper clip and do all these crazy things. Uh, and then you'd forget how to do it five months later. So you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. It's a, it's a daunting task. For safety's sake, uh, many people are urged uh, during uh, daylight savings time, uh, both in the spring and the fall, 
to go ahead and change that battery in your smoke detector. You'll be glad that you did for safety's sake. And then it won't beep at three in the morning to let you know you should have changed your battery. You know what I'm going to do this year, Jay? I'm glad you brought that up because it's something that that we've done in our house is every six months when you change the clocks, change the battery in your smoke detector. Uh, I've been thinking about doing this, and I'm going to do it this week. I am going to get what they, I believe, call is a smart smoke detector. And they're fairly affordable. I'm I'm going to say, you know, for under $50, you can get a Mm two-pack of these uh, smoke detectors. And they come with a corresponding app for your smartphone so that uh, if, in the unfortunate event, it detects smoke and goes off, it, it gives you alert an alert on your phone. So if you're at work oh. and, you know, there's a bad wire and uh, a small spark turns into a fire uh, and that smoke detector detects it, it will let you know on your phone at work that uh, there's something going on on your on your second smoke detector in your upstairs bedroom. I'm going to invest in that. It's only, I'm going to, again, roughly just guesstimate it's about 50 bucks. Uh, and I think that would be money well spent. Because yeah, I think sm- it's a good idea. If your smoke detector goes off and it's not connected to your smartphone and it's not connected to some sort of security home device that locates the that notifies the authorities, that smoke detector is just going to go off and and bother uh, maybe your nearest neighbor or a or a mouse in your wall. Um, it's got to notify somebody if you really want to call for authorities and get help to save your yes. your uh, your photo album that's uh, in the basement. Yeah, you're absolutely correct about that. And as you said, there's these great emerging technologies uh, that uh, enable you to have a better and safer life. So take advantage of that. But yes, smoke detectors, depending on whether they're freestanding or they're looped together electrically, many of them do need that battery. And it's usually the real eccentric battery. It's the old 9-volt battery, the one that as you were a kid growing up, your friend would dare you press your tongue under these contacts. Yeah. Oh, bad idea. And of course, you'd always think, you know, you'd, of course, have a massive electrocution. Thankfully, no, it was just a little zip on your tongue, but still not recommended. Now, my job, I don't know if you uh, experienced this as a teenager, but when I was a teenager in my parents' house growing up, my job was when my mother was maybe burning dinner and the smoke detector would go off. <laughs> yes. My job was to hold a two and a half foot kitchen towel and swing it around my head as fast as I could, <sighs> standing yes. below the smoke detector to get it to stop making the brain piercing sound that was <laughs> driving us all crazy. So it wasn't, yeah. you know, and I would get yelled at. If the if the darn smoke detector wouldn't stop making noise, I would get yelled at for not swinging the kitchen towel fa- fast enough. <laughs> and I remember you getting a job later at the state fair as the human fan. That's right. Wasn't that your job? You know what? Now that I think about it, I, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers owe me some money for that terrible towel cheer they do where they swing, they swing the kitchen towels. I think it's funny that uh, they knew at your house that, the occasional burn might happen during meal prep. You know, Jay, it's odd. The kitchen towel in in our kitchen was <laughs> yes. was only there for the purpose of swinging to get the smoke detector to stop. 
<laughs> it was never used for hand drying. It was never used only for, for anything else. Nobody dried their hands it's, on it. It was never used to sop up a mess. It was only there to swing in front of the uh, smoke detector. <laughs> That's funny. Well, the EPA announced that it's going to release millions of genetically altered mosquitoes. And you think to yourself, oh, my goodness, it sounds like the plot from a sci-fi book. But it's actually a good thing. It's uh, using uh, mosquito genetics against other mosquitoes. Um, You'll love this. In the mosquito world, male mosquitoes don't bite you, but the female ones do. Ooh, that's some great trivia. There's some very cool trivia. So what the EPA has done is they've teamed with a couple of uh, uh, biochem companies, and they did a test run of this in Florida and California, and it's been pretty effective. Basically, what happens is they release a male mosquito who's so very handsome to the female mosquito that they mate, have little mosquito babies. But unfortunately, and I... This sounds dreadful on one level, but kind of nice on another level. That little baby mosquito never makes it to adolescence. He passes away early. So, therefore, having the genetically modified mosquito actually reduces the overall mosquitoes. Anything to reduce that mosquito population, (laughs) I am all for. Although, uh, just the headline that the EPA is releasing genetically altered mosquitoes doesn't that the government of, doesn't that lead to some sort of Planet of the Apes situation? Isn't this how we end as a as a human species? When you see Charlton Heston saying "You damn dirty mosquitoes," <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's interesting that you even brought that up. There are some concerns. From some scientists that say, while this sounds great, what happens if something breaks containment or it's, you know, or something happens? So, as with always, the minute I saw genetically modified mosquitoes, I thought to myself, somebody will make a movie about Mosquito Man. Oh, for sure. Genetically modified mosquitoes. All we need are 45 pound, <laughs> you know, um, sheepdog sized mosquitoes running around our neighborhood. That's all we need. Boston University School of Medicine studied 233 men over the age of 50. And I know this is going to sound kind of duh, but it's an interesting find. They found that optimism is really a thing and can affect your mood and that your mood is tied into your overall health. So I thought that was interesting. They said that it probably is not effective against stress. Because stress is probably the number one factor in overall health, but that it can put you in a much better frame of mind, which can improve your overall health. I don't see how that study or research could help any of us at all. (laughs) So quit being optimistic. See what I did there? I was pessimistic. (laughs) (laughs) See, you were were pessimistic. (laughs) So yeah, don't be like Adam, be an optimist. And you will be healthier. Uh, you know what? Uh, I, maybe I am a pessimist. The first thing I thought of with genetically engineered mosquitoes was the end of the world. Uh, <laughs> in, instead of a instead of a better barbecue on my back patio, I was thinking uh, the end of times. So, okay, I've got to get well, some optimism in my life. 
I was concerned about all those mosquito kids that probably aren't going to make it. So who knows? <laughs> Everyone has a different concern level. Hey, people wanting to donate to the Ukraine crisis. We talked a little bit about this. There are some scams, unfortunately, in times of emergency and times of need. There are people that will take advantage. But uh, I did a little research, and these are some highly rated charities uh, 501c3 charities, uh, they are tax deductible and they are highly rated, uh, from companies, uh, you know, we talked about the different, uh, uh companies that oversee, um, philanthropic organizations. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, did you want a handful of these? Cause I thought this was a good list. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if, and while we go over this list, I was kind of looking at this myself this week. Uh, and there are, um, there are several articles written within uh, reputable, um, periodicals of, about these types of organizations. You know, they'll, they'll if you Google top 10 ch charities to give to the Ukraine crisis, um, yes. These charities are, are reputable, and uh, it's a great reminder with the scam alert on, uh, at, uh, you know, what are we, uh, DEFCON 5 with the scam alert? Because if you uh, think you're helping, you get an email that says, click here to donate 10 bucks to charity, and uh, it's not a real charity. You know, they're, they're getting, there's some evil people out there taking advantage of the situation. So these highly rated charities are easy to find if you just look for them. Uh, and Jay, yeah, what do you got? What are a few of them? Well, uh, this list, and this is not in any particular order, but UNICEF, which is the UN Children's Fund, they've been doing this for quite a long time, and they are highly rated their website is u-n-i-c-e-f-u-s-a so unicef org. you will find unicef and they are taking donations now uh, mostly helping medical relief in ukraine mm -hmm. there is uh one called amera cares great name they were founded in 1979 they're a largely healthcare organization, but they too help international relief. You can find them at americares.org, all one word. Project Hope, which is one that's been around for a very long time, they're a global health and humanitarian relief organization founded in 1958. Project Hope, all one word, dot org. There's a an organization called World Help. They are a faith-based humanitarian organization founded in 1991. So that's the other thing, too, is these organizations have been around for a long time, and they've already created the networks to help those in other nations. That is a great, a great point. The longer they've been around, the the more legitimate they are, for sure. If they were scamming people for decades, they would have been shut down or, or prosecuted by now. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll find them at WorldHelp, all one word, dot net. And then this final one, this is uh, one that is dedicated to children and families uh, their basic overview is to provide safe housing, but they're going to be an important part of helping refugees find homes. That seems to be sort of one of the major problems 
that has come out of this Ukraine, uh, you know, Russian invasion of Ukraine. And their organization is called World Vision. And their website is all one word, all one word, worldvision.org. Very good. All right. So, so, you know, obviously there are other charities uh look them up and they are rated by charity navigator and other websites but those were the ones that came up as absolutely top flight uh organizations that you can trust fantastic thank you for that uh this is always cool i love it when there's a great name associated with something this happened in moline illinois the quad city mallards had a reunion hockey game with their arch rivals, <laughs> the Quad City Mallards, which I know is one of your favorite hockey. Teams. Well, you know that duck is quite intimidating. The Mallard, <laughs> you, you do not want to mess with a Mallard, especially on the ice. No, absolutely not. They uh, play their arch rival, the Flint Generals, and this event drew. This happened a weekend ago. This event drew six thousand fans. They ended up raising $89,000 for charity. You're kidding. No, I couldn't believe it. That's why I brought this up. That's absolutely amazing. And it shows you sometimes you can take something that's seemingly very grassroots and turn it into a highly beneficial event. And what's the name of the team in Flint? Uh, The Flint is the Flint Generals. The generals, okay. And this is now uh, the uh, what, like double tr- A hockey. What is this? Yeah, you know, this is probably A or double A hockey. Uh, the Mallard Generals, or not the Mallard Generals, but the Mallard, uh, the Quad City Mallards were when the league reorganized, they disbanded this team, but it's always remained a very favorite team in the Quad Cities. And I don't know if you know much about the Quad Cities, but it's a fascinating area in Illinois where four cities come together on the river. And isn't it true that the Quad City Mallards is where the uh, the Hanson brothers played hockey? From uh, it could it could have been after their success <laughs> with the, the Chiefs playing hockey with Paul Newman. Uh, in the late I think 70s. that's where they ended up. They were traded. Absolutely, I think, I think the three brothers were traded to the Quad City Mallards. And what? How did um, eighty nine thousand? I mean, what was the situation here? It wasn't well, just past the hat was, at the game. Well, no, they had a fifty fifty auction. They had a couple of silent auctions out in the concourse, and then uh, they asked fans to tip in as well. And I'm going to guess the tickets were probably, uh, you know, what we call generously priced. The uh, proceeds go to the Veterans Outreach Center as well as Breast Cancer Research. Uh, And the Mallards actually returned to Moline, Illinois, uh, on their own expense. So it was the actual Quad City Mallards, and they put out a – you know, they they put out a, a email blast and got as many of the old players back together as they could. That's such a an amazing amount of money. It's almost like we. I would love to be part of. You mentioned grassroots effort. How much fun would this be, Jay? If somehow we could offer what we do or some of our time to cover this through a radio perspective and just get more attention, and maybe, you know, within five or ten years, this. This small, uh, small market hockey game 
is raising a million dollars a year for uh, for veterans and breast cancer research. How cool would that be? We've got to get yeah. involved with this somehow. I don't disagree. It's really impressive. So uh, hats off. Now, to, one thing uh, I have a question. I, I Am I hearing this correctly? These are um, old players that they brought back to play? Or, yeah, or, or they actually uh, – it, it was a reunion. A reunion of, game. Of, of the Quad City Mallards. And apparently the team, the Flint Generals, is sort of up and running. So I'm going to guess these were fairly recent Mallards. Uh, they didn't mention the score, so maybe the Mallards, maybe they did take a whooping on the ice. But, uh, you know, hockey is a game. Uh, you know, we talked, uh, there's a famous one in New York City where it pits the uh, New York City firefighters against the New York City policemen. Mm-hmm. And, you know, police and fire guys well into their 40s can play in that game. So, yeah, I mean, if you take care of yourself, you can still skate. Now, it probably takes longer to recover the next day. (laughs) Don't want to act like, you know, you can run out there like a 16-year-old. But it is intriguing. You can have a legit reunion, you know, with, uh, with players, you know, as long as they're not in their 80s, I think. Yeah, this game needs to be on ESPN. Uh, or pay-per-view or something. It needs a, a viewing audience of a million people, and this thing needs to raise a million dollars a year. I mean, it's eighty-nine grand is a, is a great chunk of money. That is an amazing amount yeah. of money for such a small, uh, small market grassroots uh, single-day sporting event. That's awesome. Very interesting, Jay Baker. Uh, about twenty-five seconds left here. Want to hit on our uh, social media? Your Twitter is at what? At Jay Baker Voice. At Jay Baker Voice. Uh, I am at Adam Ritz on Twitter. And uh, you can also join me on Instagram and Facebook at Adam Ritz Show. We thank you for listening and uh, we hope to see you again next week. Thank you, Jay. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live in studio at the Vibonomics Worldwide Headquarters. Learn more about the Vibonomics Audio Out of Home Marketplace at vibonomics.com. For information on this broadcast, including past on-demand episodes, interview submissions, and syndication contacts, visit adamritzshow.com.